This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Oh, man. So uh, I did a little research, I guess. Yeah, you know, I I included uh, my notes as a guide. Yes. So... We'll see. Uh, we'll see how the conversation goes, and uh, if I uh, have gotten to know you, I know exactly where it's going to go. <laughs> and I'll see you in hell. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What is up, Scuttlebutt Nation? And thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. I am yours truly, your friendly neighborhood, Roe, from the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Podcast, podcast, everybody. Join me in a little echo there. But uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, wanted to get your feet wet on this particular episode, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, if it's not your first time, thank you for, for, uh, for coming back. Uh, we have a lot of fun here at the Scare Podcast as we make uh, great discussion topics. We've got all sorts of topics, all co- sorts of uh, guests on our show here. Uh, we have fun uh, talking about nerd stuff. And tonight is uh, no exception. We have the one, the only, Conversations Podcast, Pat and Charles. Guys, how's it going tonight? Uh, it's going great, Ro. Uh, thanks for having us back. Absolutely. Charles, what's up, man? How are you doing? Thank you very much for having us tonight. Uh, I thought you were going to say the one, the toonie. Um, that, 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 <laughs> oh, that's it. I got to think of something. that uh, I know it was like you, you guys are like one, but you're really two. And sometimes you're even, you know, seven. Sometimes, you know, I don't know. It's just, it sounds like it sometimes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, I'm glad to have you guys back. This is going to be a, uh, I, you know, I, I was teasing the uh, topic a little bit the last uh, couple of days, uh, especially when I started uh, teasing the topic last week. And I think uh, there's a, a couple of people that are really uh, gung-ho and eager to listen to our take on this topic. It's uh, it's not your usual fare. And I, I, I think I like to, you know, kind of um, subvert your expectations, if you will, regarding uh, our, our topics here on Scarif. But uh, um, that, uh, you know, that, uh, that tweet that I sent out a while ago, uh, describing the topic per se regarding the cybernetics and star Wars and, uh, just a little bit of, uh, reality, uh, to it. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, besides the fun stuff, um, I do want to dive into like real world stuff because I think, uh, you know, as fans of science fiction and fantasy, sometimes we uh, we have this uh, correlation between the real world and the fantasy world. So I really want to touch on that. But, you know, before we get into the nitty gritty, I do want to ask you guys, you know, conversations, obviously, uh, you know, you guys are having a lot of fun over there. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, what uh, what have you guys been up to on your side of the on your side of the fence over there? Uh, well, we've been up to uh, talking about stuff, um, <laughs> creating stuff and mostly just up to no good. <laughs> exactly exactly our numbers are up which is good oh uh, very nice also true yes very uh, nice. yeah that's it's been fun to see that growth and uh 
I think that the uh, well, Pat and I have always said is that uh, if we look at our all time chart, we can see the joining of the Red Five Network was the, the massive jump um, <laughs> from our little uh, our little size of pond um, to the more consistent listening ship. That's that's been fantastic. But you know, obviously, like we said, uh, we all do this for fun, and uh, we've met so many great people, uh, found family, and and great stuff like that. We just uh, celebrated our you know our 100th episode not too long ago, and um, we had our 500th follower on Instagram, so we're giving away some 3D printed R5D4 uh, customized little uh, figures, and uh, yeah, it's just been great. We just it seems like we're hitting really cool milestones uh, every couple of months, so uh, it just keeps the energy and the fun going. Very nice, very nice. I like that, and I, I've been uh, following your milestones and uh, jotting them down, and making notes, and uh, you know, letting you guys know that uh, you guys have been great, fantastic, and uh, congratulations. Yeah, a hundred episodes. It's uh, it's really cool when you get to those milestones. It, uh, you know, you can kind of see. Um, I posted a while back if uh, if anyone um, that has a podcast, have you guys listened to your very first episode lately or recently? No, actually. <laughs> we like to think of our first episode as the holiday special. <laughs> I think it doesn't exist. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Perfect analogy. Actually, funny story about our first episode. It's actually our fourth episode. This is true. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, okay. You got to explain that a little bit. It's episode four. <laughs> there I, you go I oh thoroughly, nice i was thoroughly convinced it was episode one but i was quickly corrected and we had our first on-air uh arguments and uh <laughs> and logically speaking uh, i was wrong so uh, there you go oh very well, nice notice i didn't say you were right <laughs> and he's not been right since <laughs> too funny too funny oh, yeah boy. i think um you know, last month I went back just to kind of listen to uh, to the first episode of the Scarif podcast, uh, you know, when Brad and I started. Um, and it's funny because there is definitely a certain um, tone, I think, that we we started with. Um, and obviously that has changed, you know, 160 episodes later, it, uh, you know, our, our interest obviously is still star Wars, but we like to, uh, you know, talk about other stuff. Um, and, um, you know, last week we talked about star Trek, the other, uh, the other white meat, as I like to say, <laughs> and I know Pat is turning white as we speak. No, he's shutting down. Okay. He's shutting down. He's leaving. Um, <laughs> but, you won't be needing me. I'll shut down for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i mean absolutely you know like i said it's uh it's it has been a lot of fun uh since uh you know since you know we, we all kind of uh ventured on this red five network uh adventure uh back in the day and uh it's it's been really great to see everybody you know enjoying each other's content and really you know supporting each other it's uh something you don't see on the internet in these days especially on twitter yeah and especially it's, with it's different viewpoints yeah, you know, we all have different takes. We all have different enjoyments of the, the fandom, the fandoms, like the multiple, you know, the multiple types of shows and and, and uh, uh, sh uh, series out there. You know, and we don't mind it. We everyone has their own thing, and that's cool. And you know, someone can like Return of the Jedi, and uh, someone could like the Last Jedi. I don't know. It's, uh, sorry, Earl, I didn't mean to bring. Uh, it up. Where, where's your tequila? <laughs> there is my tequila because I sense another <laughs> another mention coming soon. But uh, oh, yeah, boy. absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I wanted to ask you guys. 
I know that uh, they uh, recently announced some more Star Wars movies coming out in the theater and not just on the small screen. And, uh, you know, I, I've been really, um, you know, wanting to have that announcement again um, because I, I think Star Wars really uh, thrives on the big screen. I think there's a certain difference between Star Wars on the big screen and Star Wars on on, on streaming. But I wanted to ask you guys, um, what are your thoughts on the new announcements of, of these movies coming out? Uh, what, tw- there's two of them in 2026 mm-hmm. and then another one uh, a year or two later. Uh, but what are your general thoughts on uh, on getting Star Wars back and – the uh, the certain topics, the certain eras of, of Star Wars that we are going to be thrust upon um, when when these movies do come. What do you guys think? Well, you know, unfortunately, I think that some of the, some, you know, it's been some announcements of games and various different projects and uh, Rogue Squadron. You know, there's been announcements and then they just sort of disappear, you know. So um, I take things with a grain of salt and I get I get it. It's Hollywood or whatever. It's a big machine. It's big. You know, it's about money and all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, when it comes, I'll you know I'll be happy with it. Or when I see a trailer, well, actually in the trailer we had the Rogue Squadron teaser, which was really cool, uh, and that didn't come to fruition. So I just take things as they come, uh, really. And if we see trailers and things are really marching forward, I start to get excited for it or whatever. But I actually think that the 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 wide swath of errors that they're going to be covering with these movies, uh, if they sort of continue on the same path, I think it's really going to give people. Um, something like for everyone, and uh, whether it's the Old Republic, uh, the Filoniverse, or post uh, Skywalker saga with Rey, I think there's a lot of potential there to hit a lot of different um, fans, and uh, that could be a very good thing. And I, like you said, Ro, I think the, there's money in the movies if they do them right with a good story. Um, it makes it more viable for the streaming service to continue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, when they announced uh, three movies and then, you know, gave us a, a hint as far as where they're going to be, you know, what era they're going to be taking place in. Um, yeah, I found it interesting because I think um, I still don't think that Disney has a grasp of what they want to do with Star Wars. And I, I have a feeling like this is kind of like their their big ticket experiment. You've got obviously folks that are really into the Mandalorian and and Grogu and all the things that are happening within this time zone. And I think that's for the most part, that's really what's making their money. And then obviously you've got the literary faction where the old Republic books are happening. And then now we're going to be getting a, a film out of there. And then obviously, uh, you know, um, what stories can you tell post Rise of Skywalker? So you've got uh, that third era. Um, so I, I almost feel like this is kind of an experiment, a litmus test, if you will, mm-hmm. to try and figure out where the fans' hearts are. Um, because to me, it's kind of obvious that they don't know where the fans' hearts are. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but Pat, what, do you, what are your thoughts? All right, so Star Wars is such a vast galaxy that you could tell a great story anytime and anywhere. So it's just a matter of them hitting that on all cylinders because, you know, you could tell fantastic, uh, you know, prequel era stories. You, you, I mean, they have. You can tell, obviously, the, the original trilogy era and, and the Mando timeline stuff. Um, and 
you know, like you had said, some of the old Republic stuff is is absolute dynamite. So if you tap into the right type of storytelling, uh, I'd I'd love stuff from even 500 years after the original trilogy. Sure. You know, yeah. um, some stuff because like, can you imagine like with the the tech that they have in like the OT, 500 years more advanced? Yeah. I mean, that'd be pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So, so to see, visually see some of that stuff would be incredible, and it only works if you've got great storytelling to back it up. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. I think uh, you know, and, and I've seen posts from various different accounts. Uh, you know, when I ask uh, certain questions, you know, as long give us good stories. We don't care where they're at. We don't care mm-hmm. what the characters are. You know, just you know, write them well and uh, deliver them. Um, you know, honestly and faithfully. I think. Uh, I think that's, you know, that really is the key. Excellent. Is there any other, um, I know we are getting, uh, some new star Wars on the small screen, uh, coming soon. Um, I think, uh, we are getting Ahsoka in August. Um, are you guys excited for, for new shows? I know season three of the Mandalorian, you know, ended a while ago and we're kind of, uh, we're kind of, uh, you know, in, in waiting mode and standby mode, but what are you guys, uh, mostly, uh, excited to, uh, to, to watch or what's coming up for you guys? I'm excited for Ahsoka for sure, because it's just the growth of the character has been very exciting to see for me, uh, through animation. So to see how that unfolds on uh, on screen in her own series uh, could be a lot of fun, and um, and then kind of the building blocks leading to the uh, Mandoverse film, mm-hmm. and how right. those different shows start to um, kind of turn their rudders towards that culmination will be really pretty neat to see. Mm. Yeah. yeah yeah charles what about you i mean ahsoka looks fantastic i'm trying to you know remain spoiler free i've seen one trailer once and that's about it so it looks fantastic um yeah. but i'm uh you know and or season two uh it, it that's that series really ended so well and so crisp you know crisply written i'm really looking forward to seeing how that happens and you know they say that uh, K2 is going to be here and we're marching towards the uh, the events that we see in Rogue One. So that's going to be a really cool series to see. And like I said, I think the tension and the uh, the story just got better and better and better throughout that whole series. So I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to that. For sure. Yeah, that's cool. You know, the uh, Pat, you mentioned the, the Mandoverse and the movie that uh, will subsequently, you know, come from that. Um, I really hope that uh, that they do it as well as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think, uh, you know, the MCU really took its time, you know, whether you like the films or not. I know some people are, um, you know, have tapped out of the superhero franchise. But um, I think, uh, you know, starting with uh, Iron Man, the first uh, the first Avenger there movie, the first movie there. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to uh, some nice uh, surprises when it comes to tying uh, the Mandoverse, uh, you know, all together into uh, one uh, massive movie. So, you know, looking forward to it. I, I hope um, I hope uh, I hope it's good. It's been a while. Things have changed. I started hearing whispers about Thrawn's return as heir to the Empire. 
to prepare for the worst. The Jedi fell a long time ago. There aren't many left. Perhaps it is time to begin again. Ahsoka, original series streaming August 23rd. Hey friends, just a quick reminder, if you enjoy our content and don't want to commit to a Patreon tier, you can show your love in other ways. Oh yeah. Of course, you can take advantage of our merchandise store at TeePublic, where we've got cool designs from all across the Red 5 network. Look for sale announcements and save up to 30 to 35% on all our merchandise. Oh, nice. And there's also a very convenient way to help support the channel. As you know, coffee is our friend. It keeps us going. You can show your appreciation by heading over to buymeacoffee.com slash scarif. Buymeacoffee.com slash scarif. Any amount starting at five bucks, a one-time treat for us to help with all the stuff it takes to maintain the quality you deserve. And remember, it's always sunny on Scarif. And that's the scuttlebutt. And pass the cream, please. And uh, now on to our main topic. I was very excited to kind of uh, plan this all out with you guys. Uh, we are going to be talking about something that's really cool. Um, uh, science fiction and robot arms really go hand in hand. See what I did there? Uh, I see it. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, you guys know that there have been some fictional things in the genre that have come true in real life, medical devices, augmented reality, artificial intelligence, and the list goes on. We've got Star Trek and Star Wars and other science fiction and fantasy, and it's all full of uh, examples of very cool technological advances, uh, things that audiences see, and things that we hope would come to fruition one day in the future. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, I'll go with Pat first, what are some of the earliest memories you have of cybernetics in movies that we love? And it doesn't have to be Star Wars, it could be anything else. All right, we'll give you one from each, one from Star Wars, one non-Star Wars. Obviously, sure. the first one that I remember is Luke's hand in Empire Strikes Back. Mm. He right. loses his hand. You're like, oh my gosh, what a terrible thing! And then, like the next scene, he's like, dee, 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 you know. So it's like, that's cool, and it looks like a real hand. Yeah, so, I want one. <laughs> I know. I was like, so if I chat, no, no. Um, well, we'll get to that question later, Charles. We'll get to it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, so that was really probably among the first exposure I'd had of, of cybernetics on screen. And, um, and then of course the Terminator. Oh yeah. Nice. Right. right. Yeah. It was very, uh, you know, it's sort of like human looking, but then machine underneath. Absolutely. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> nice night for a walk. eh? Nice night for a walk. Wash day tomorrow. Nothing clean, right? <laughs> Nothing clean, right? Hey, I think this guy's a couple cans short of a six-pack. You're close. Give them to me. 
you know, I really took the core, the very the earliest memory of cybernetics that I remember, and this is, okay, don't shoot me, but this is before Star Wars. So hey, this one's emblazoned in my mind. It's, um, so it was on TV. It was called The Six Million Dollar Man. And there you go, yeah. I remember that show, and it was one of those shows that I would not miss uh, at all every week. And I was just starting to get interested in that sort of sci-fi uh, and uh, that kind of storytelling. And I couldn't believe, like, the, you know, to think now Six Million Dollar Man. It's like, oh, wow. Okay, are we talking a basketball player or a hockey player? Um, <laughs> right, right. But, uh, but uh, sorry about the sports ball there, Ro. Um, but the... Um, <laughs> Yeah, that was it. And it's like the, the cool things that he could do. And I remember the action figure that I used to have. And that was really that was really the biggest thing for me. And, and you know, and suddenly, you know, suddenly with Star Wars, we saw, of course, like Pat mentioned, Luke's hand, you know, but then suddenly it just turns into a regular hand and with the glove on it. And then we sort of leave that. And so the, the sort of in your face style cybernetics weren't very you know, played up that much within Star Wars, aside from some of the characters that we saw in the OT. But um, that was, uh, it was more of a down key for me. But uh, Six Million Dollar Man was my first uh, experience there. Yeah, that's actually a good observation because that leads us to the next point. I mean, without being a major story or plot element in Star Wars, cybernetics really has been a crucial part of the fabric of the of the trilogy. Um, but without it being, like you said, without it being like front and center, uh, I mean, one of the first characters we see in Star Wars is Darth Vader. Um, my mm-hmm. favorite. And uh, is he a robot? Is he a man? A hybrid psycho automated killer? Um, <laughs> all of the above. Yes to all. Uh, yes. Yes to all of the above. Right. Um, but, you know, Vader, uh, without us knowing, you know, at first, obviously, Vader represents an aspect of his character uh, in particular that is essential to knowing his backstory, which we, you know, we find out much later. But it, it, like you said, it isn't really front and center. I mean, you know, George Lucas created this this universe, this galaxy that is um, so visually rich. Um, and he was just telling a story in that galaxy. I think it's a story that is um, not very foreign. Um, and uh, but the environment was a little foreign uh, mm-hmm. because it hasn't, you know, science fiction up until that point was very. Um, I don't know, uh, cheesy, um, you know, futuristic, everything was shiny. And obviously we all know about George Lucas's look uh, and feel of, of a used galaxy. And I think that's what made it um, extra special, especially for, for me, because it really uh, it really catapulted me into really wanting to know, like, wow, how did all this, you know, who made all this stuff and how was it made? And uh, it really does look like they, you know, took stuff from from a galaxy far, far away and then brought it and filmed it in a movie um, that, you know, I get uh, I, I get ridiculed sometimes by uh, my uh, my my loved ones. But I really think it's almost like <laughs> Star Wars to me is like a documentary. <laughs> Ridiculed? No. <laughs> <laughs> we get ridiculed by our loved ones too. Exactly. Uh, I know. Yeah. All the time. Just for everything else. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Uh, but much like the real world, Vader's augmented body is born from a medical perspective, and we don't know yeah. that at first. Like, well, like I said, but but he has badly. He was badly burned on Mustafar and needs that to survive. Uh, George Lucas embedded that notion of the organic with the inorganic in order to demonstrate the nature of the force to some degree now later 
in the film, Luke trusts his instinct to blow up the Death Star, not relying on technology to do it. And he hears, mm-hmm. you know, that ever so famous, use the force, Luke. And that's exactly what he does. Again, mm-hmm. solidifying the use of natural is better than unnatural. Um, right. and, and it's a common thread uh, throughout his tri- uh, throughout the trilogy. Um, what are some of the other mechanical enhancements we see in the original trilogy that stood out to you guys, uh, during your first experience of the films? Well, it's funny you bring, well, not, not so funny. I think that's a great point that you bring up about the fact that he, you know, turns off his targeting computer and then uses the force. I'd never even thought about it that way. Um, like he's sort of issuing the technology for feeling what he needs to do and when to shoot. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, it was uh, you know the, the the cave right in the Empire Strikes Back where Luke fights Vader. Or, well, he thinks it's Vader in the cave, and he cuts off his head, and it's Luke. I mean, which like I've told Pat and I told the story quite a few times. That's like one of those emblazoned memories in my uh, in my youth about like oh my god, that's Luke. Wait a second, it can't be him because he just cut off his you know that whole sort of thing. But like it, it, it kicked off the thought of like wait a second, is there a human inside that? that thing because we were presented with the OT, right? We got all these droids. We've got these humanistic sized robots walking around. Then you've got this big tall one, this Darth Vader, and he's got like eye sockets. There's just something behind there. And you're looking like, you're looking in scenes like, do I see eyeballs in there? You know? And like, uh, you know, so you're trying to get closer to it. And then um, you, we get to return of the Jedi and Obi-Wan drops the whole more machine than man quote. And right. it's like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so that kicks those things off. And then um, the uh, th- that sort of like opened the idea for me that maybe there's this combination of the both of them. He's more machine than man. So he's got pieces that he is. And now we're talking about cybernetic, which is really cool. Um, so when I look at that, I think back, well, you know, there's a, a few examples that we see, of course, Luke with his hand. Um, and I always, ex- I always thought that the, um, the bounty hunters that we see in Empire – were like Dengar, especially. I, I got the feeling that he was a cybernetically enhanced uh, and or Forlom. You know, they had these characters. I just didn't think that these were alien species. It's like, oh, these guys must have these crazy uh, cybernetics attached to them. Um, or even some of the, you know, the some of the other villains like Boba Fett. Like, is this a, is it, you know, is that thing part of his head? You know, and it just opened up this whole other conversation that, um, that I started having with like the, the depth of with what we see on surface is not necessarily what the actual characters showing inside. Yeah. And to me, it's interesting because again, you know, like Pat said earlier, it's not presented as part of the main story. It's, you know, the main story is something completely different, but it's these characters that are so rich visually and backstory wise. Cause I think it's, it really makes us wonder, you know, you know, what does that lever do or what does that button do or what, you know, yeah. it, it really kind of like thrusts us uh, in, into a place where we want to find out more about these characters. Um, you know, the bounty hunters, uh, all the robots, all the background characters. And I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, people just love to kind of play in that sandbox uh, in Star Wars because there's mm-hmm. so much out there. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Waiting for my cue, and it wasn't an auditory cue. So, all right, got it. So, um, yeah, and and to speak further to that, um, you know, for a character like Lobot, which uh, you know, I, I I assume you'll be talking about him in further detail later, but um, you know, 
when he's introduced, it's like, you know, Lando's like, hey, so this is Lobot, and like, here he is, right? And then, um, then he just like hits buttons on his on his wrist on his compad and stuff happens around the place. Oh, there he is. I'm holding Lobot, but I think that's a Charles action figure. Uh, <laughs> no, the head's not big enough. Yeah. Um, although with the way he's wearing the headphones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll buy that <laughs> yes, he will. Um, but so so it's not like it's it's not you know, made a big deal of the Lando's not like, Oh, let me introduce you to Lobot. He's a mechanical guy that's in touch with the mainframe in cloud city. You know, he's not. So, you know, it's just like, Oh, here's Lobot. And then like, he does stuff to communicate with the, you know, the city's, you know, electronics and all, which it's just kind of one of those things that the franchise does where it's like, it assumes that this is natural. Right. Point. And it and it puts this sort of non-emphasis on these things, so that you as the viewer are like, yeah, it's totally normal here. Yeah, just buy into it. Yeah, very good. Right. That's exactly. Good point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I and I think um, you know that's one of the uh, that's one of the things that I love about George Lucas's director style, his story um, style, uh, the way he just assumes that. Um, you know, I don't have to explain it because it's normal here in this world that I've created. Um, there is uh, there is an example that uh, that he states uh, in a documentary that was um, at the back end of THX one one three eight, where he's talking about a certain scene where it kind of looks like um, an audience is looking at a tennis game. And there were people are going back and forth, but there's no tennis ball. There's nothing that makes you as an Earth audience seem like it's a tennis game, but it kind of resembles a tennis game. And there's no explanation. There's no it's just something that's there because it's normal in that in that world. And um, he brings it obviously into Star Wars. um, And it's great. I think it's great for the fans to be able to kind of, uh, you know, tease that out. And uh, it makes you think. And it uh, it, I think it enriches that uh, that story a little bit more because we start to kind of, uh, you know, hypothesize and and uh, make connections where, you know, maybe maybe there are different connections than other fans or maybe even it's a different connection than the director intended. So uh, I think that's great. Mm. Yeah, you fill in those gaps uh, with your own creativity, you know, and he lets, you know, lets you connect those dots on your own and it becomes more cool because, you, you know, you get part of that story. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's one of the reasons I feel that Star Wars fans seem to possess a certain um, ownership of, of Star Wars. And I think that's why we take it so personally when things don't work out to a certain degree. Um, I want to uh, – Pat, you mentioned Lobot. Um, I wanted to mention a, a quick story. Back in the 90s, I think it was like 1996, we were – I was covering a, um, a technology expo and I was actually talking with someone, a professor at MIT. And we were just kind of going through some stuff that we liked. Obviously, Star Wars came up. Um, and he was telling me that even back in 1996, he said that they were experimenting with growing neurons on computer chips and technology like that, where they're, you know, basically, uh, brain cells on computer chips. Um, but 
it's research that they really couldn't expand on because it was too radical for the general public mm. to kind of think oh, about. Yeah. Like uh, cloning or some genetic, uh, genetic. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. yeah. There's some uh, rules around that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and now, you know, decades later, um, I was uh, doing a little bit of research on this one. Uh, you know, there's a, a thing called neuromorphic computer, and it's basically um, the end results, or at least the not really the end results, because they're still working on it all these years later. But it's basically uh, creating artificial intelligent synapses in computer chips with neurons. So that I mean, talk about Lobot. You know, he's uh, a guy who had a brain interface to his uh, to the computer in, in Cloud City. Um, now we are kind of merging the two to you know in, in the real world, which I you know I, I find fascinating as well. So it's 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 interesting to me that uh, this MIT professor kind of uh, you know entrusted that information to me back in 1996, and now we're starting to hear a little bit about it. But if you guys are interested, just look up neuromorphic computer um, and MIT. There's a couple of uh, papers and a couple of articles regarding uh, the scientific research that's going into that. It's really interesting stuff. Wow. That's cool. I mean, I mean, you talk about uh, MIT. Uh, that's, uh, you know, a, an offshoot of them, or at least, you know, Boston Dynamics, that's company. Right. You know, they're like heavy into robotics. And I would assume this, you know, this whole sort of stream that you're on uh, that you're talking about here is that uh, that's like those, those advancements, you know, to think about AI and all that, you know, that's how topical that is. Uh, they were at the forefront of that for decades. And like you said, probably, who knows, the, the inception and the, the seeds of where Boston Dynamics is today was literally, you know, in the doorways that you were, uh, you know, at covering. You yeah. know, which is right. really cool to think about. Yeah. yeah. It's uh it's it's fascinating. Um so as technology changes and advances, we're going to see some crazy stuff out there. Uh, I mean, some something as routine as a pacemaker de uh, decades ago would seem very out of this world, very Flash Gordon-y. Um, I wanted to ask you guys a simple question. Would you, wa would you guys want to have some sort of cybernetic enhancements? Um, how far would you go? Where would your line in the sand be? What do you think? Um yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, it's funny. Like, uh, you know, uh, there's this one thing that we I heard at work was that they have these uh, implants they can put in knees now, post operation for knees that can uh, uh, connects to smart apps, like completely passive, but they're like these Wi-Fi enabled uh, pieces or like little chips they put inside your knee. And it can tell you the health of your rebuilt knee as you walk and as you go through these, you know, the recovery parts, and uh, which is just, you know, phenomenal to think about. Uh, so I, I don't know if I'd go that far. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I think my line in the sand would probably be like cybernetic hairs where it's not moving from my hairline, like my ears and my back and my nose as I get older. So if I could control that, that would be probably my line in the sand. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Pat, what about you? Go, go, gadget legs. Yeah. <laughs> I can, uh, I can no. see that. Someone no, else said. That's, that's no, guys, that's ridiculous. Um, but some sort of neural ladder interface would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Wi-Fi enabled, yes. Bluetooth, yes. Yeah. scalable technology. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's it's really, I think, a very slippery slope um, because I feel like that's something that once you start, you don't want to stop. Right. And once the tech gets more advanced, then you want it even more. Yeah. And that's that's really a it's a scary thing because you have like look at prosthetic limbs for example. You have um like the basic like mannequin limb. Right. You know, that's that's like oh from afar it looks like that guy's got two arms. All right, cool. Or like two legs. But then there's the ones that like tap, tap into your nervous system. system. Yeah. And then when you think of closing your hand your 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 prosthetic can closes and that's like one end of the spectrum to the other where like you know you think back to like pirates and peg legs like it's a piece of wood (laughs) you know like like from that end of the spectrum to this basically smart limb that does what you think Mm. and you know obviously that stuff's been around uh long enough as it is that the the tech has gotten even more advanced and more if you choose to look at it that way more invasive yes into like your mind and everything yeah that uh that is true but you know and and a lot of this stuff a lot of the stuff that you mentioned you know the the medical necessity i think would dictate um you know you using it or or not um i think obviously you know from uh, from the perspective of uh prosthesis if you need a you know a a leg or an arm um you know got too close to a raftar and you need a little help in the appendages area um i you know i I think that obviously it's it's perfectly uh you know acceptable in in society um but let 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 me let me backtrack a little bit because i i know uh, let's go back into a galaxy far far away because i know you guys have been itching to talk about the vespa gang and the book of (laughs) Boba Fett. Um, you've got mechanical mechanical hands, you've got cybernetic eyes, blowtorch for fingers. That's pretty radical stuff. Oh man. And as far as, um, mechanical or I'm sorry, medical necessity, I think the, uh, the show, the book of Boba Fett kind of showed us that, um, perhaps those cybernetic implants and devices were not medically, uh, necessary. Are you telling me you don't need blowtorches for fingers? <laughs> Come on. I don't know how much you do, but maybe you do. I don't know. I don't know. The only problem is wiping. <laughs> wiping or swiping? Both. Or both. There you go. Both. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it, it was it, it's an interesting chapter in Star Wars when it comes to cybernetics, because obviously, you know, that crew, uh, as portrayed in that club, you know, these kids uh, were, um, you know, electing to add uh, prosthetics and cybernetics to their bodies. You had, uh, you know, the guy with the uh, with the mechanical eye. Um, you know, the, what's her name? The, the girl with the, with the arm, with the hand. Um, I mean, there, there was a lot there, but I think when it comes to the cybernetics of star Wars, like we said at the beginning of the episode here, 
Um, George Lucas really used that kind of as a as a metaphor for the natural and the unnatural. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know early on in the original trilogy, we did not see characters that were willing to you know add um, cybernetics to their body. Um, I think that has become a, a construct of of newer stories. Um, obviously, we're talking about the Book of Boba Fett. Um, but it's a different way to relate to the original, you know, George Lucas way of of relating to enhancements. Um, do you think that that this introduction of cybernetic implants would fly with the George Lucas uh, methodology? Like, what are they trying to tell us at this point when it comes to cybernetics that uh, that may or may not be? Um, in the same wheelhouse that George was talking about when he um, talked about he's more machine now than man, twisted and evil. It's very true that it's unnecessary um, enhancements. Uh, But then you think of like um, what Vader has. You know, Vader's got these these things. He's got the the, um, like uh, sealed helmet that he could be out in space with it. Um, which wouldn't be necessary, you know, in, in, uh, atmosphere, but it's almost like the, the idea of body modification, piercings and tattoos and all, uh, right. but on a, on a more profound level and, you know, people get LASIK surgery, they, they are okay with glasses, but then they're, you know, they get the surgery and they don't need glasses anymore. So, so it could be. Um, almost equivalented with that, like, oh, it's just, it's it's just better than what they had before, uh, and I yeah. think that it makes things more interesting. Sure. To to think that there could be these people that are modded um, in society or in um, in perhaps a a squad of, of stormtroopers or something like that, that are, that are advanced beyond to be stronger and more effective. And you wouldn't necessarily know it, uh, at first glance and have more aim. Uh, well, they're not miracle workers. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, you, you bring up a good point with the Lasix. I mean, you know, you, um, if you want, uh, you know, revert to your 2020 vision or better. I mean, there are ways of doing that um, in the real world. Uh, do we fault uh, those uh, club kids for wanting to enhance their own vision uh, by adding some sort of uh, infrared modules or something like that? And obviously, you know, in the real world, we can't do that. But I think the uh, the, the metaphor is 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 pretty spot on. Well, I think that, that it's – I agree with that because that's more of like a body modification like you're saying, Pat, like a tattoo or whatever. And it's it, – but I think it's really the opposite of what Lucas was talking about. I think Lucas approached it from the utilitarian approach where it served the character. It served the story. It served what needed to happen. I mean if these kids were half decently smart, they would have found a mod for like you know uh, moisture evaporators and having their own source of water and not have to worry about that, you know, but that's, that's not what they're getting at. They're getting at the counterculture, I guess, of what that's going on. They're still yeah. Cool. They're, they're, they're hipster right. greasers. Okay. Yeah. 
exactly. So, you know, the the lighter finger is a perfect example of where it's like, well, I can, this is pretty cool. I can do this. And but, you know, what's that going to uh, what's that going to take care of in my story? But yeah, I, I, would would um, George, you know, would it fly with George? I I think probably it would because obviously, you know, the, the shows and the movies, of course, were for kids. And if the kids these days are, you know, about uh, self-expression and that kind of stuff, you probably would have ended up being in that camp of like, oh, well, it's sort of the natural progression of that. You know, you can't be stuck in uh, in the past forever. You know, let the past die, I guess. So Before we continue, I wanted to uh, take a quick little break because I want to um, say thank you very much to all our patrons. But um, I did want to ask you guys, you know, I, I um, we have a new sponsor and I wanted to ask you guys when you guys were here at Star Wars Celebration in Chicago. Um, you guys, um, you guys took a very long walk from the, um, from the McCormick place all the way to Portillo's. And when you told me that, I'm like, wow, that's, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I drive that stretch a lot and I'm like thinking, wow, you guys walked all that time. What? Okay. 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 First of all, we had to close our activity rings. (laughs) Secondly. It's Portillo's, right? And and third, like Google Maps was way off. <laughs> yeah, like, way off. And D, we took a Uber home because it was dark. <laughs> <laughs> and you were dressed uh, as Jedi. Uh, but of course we were. <laughs> Why do you think we made it? <laughs> too funny, too funny. Uh, um, did you stay hydrated during that big uh, speciality? Yes. Um, did you stay hydrated during that long walk? Uh, we, we we had water. No, no we I don't think we did. No, we uh, <laughs> I think no. that was a map issue. <laughs> Speaking of staying hydrated, um, like I said, let's take a quick little break and uh, hear a couple of messages. Bow, bow. (laughs) 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 Oh, it's so good. (laughs) Okay, friends, I wanted to take an opportunity to tell you about one of our newest sponsor partnerships. So you just heard us talking about attending fan conventions. So whether you plan on a huge event like Star Wars Celebration or a small get-together, one of the things that is always advisable is to be prepared and stay hydrated. That's right, my friends. I want to talk to you about Liquid IV. It's festival season, and planning for faster, efficient hydration is essential. Liquid IV has you covered while you prep before a convention or power through to that headliner and recover after that long weekend. Listen, staying healthy should be on everyone top of mind and liquid IV could be part of your daily routine liquid IV's got some awesome flavors like strawberry lemonade Concord grape lemon lime pina colada tropical punch watermelon strawberry and the list goes on just grab one of their conveniently packaged sticks and mix it in with your bottled water and mm, enjoy the hydration one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone and 12 delicious refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting with essential vitamins to keep you going strong and always made from premium ingredients so give it a try get 20 percent off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our promo code scuttlebutt awards at checkout that's right 20 percent off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using our promo code scuttlebutt awards at liquidiv.com stay hydrated my friends and that's the scuttlebutt
Okay, patrons, time to give a shout out to those wonderful people that help keep the living waters of Mandalore running around here at the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. I extend to you a very heartfelt thank you to all my patrons. All right, how about some shout outs? Big thank you to Backyard Tardis, Nick Schaefer, a huge supporter of the Red 5 Network. Go support his channel and catch up on his adventures in locksmithing. And big thanks to Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused Podcast, another Red 5 pod. Look for them on all the socials. Some appreciation goes to the guys over at Rebel Rock Radio, DJ and Steve, rocking with another Red 5 pod. And go check out Comics and Cosmetics. Danny's got some lovely takes on uh, comics and cosmetics. Cool talk for nerdlings of all denominations. Go give her a sub. Who else we got? Hey, it's Frank from Miami. What's up, Frank? Longtime supporter of the Scuttlebutt. Thank you for that kind sir oh and a wonderful thank you to belinda oh my friend i'm so glad you're on this list and our resident classic hollywood expert a fan favorite collaborator melanie marquita big hugs to you my friend a huge respect to all our patreon supporters you remind me each week why it's fun to do this and to infuse the quality discussions you deserve and if you want to help us keep the lights on over here and enjoy the show head on over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt remember we can't have the scuttle Without the butt, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. We have an incoming transmission from the Scarif Scuttlebutt Hotline, Commander, and we can't withstand a voicemail of this magnitude. Hello, this is Justin Reynolds. I follow you on a variety of platforms, and I love your I love your podcasts and all the information you put out. I would have to say, as far as the best use of cybernetics so far that I've seen, was General Grievous. Um, there were a couple of others, and I can't recall them. I, I do recall the novel some of, in some of the novelization, but I think for what most people know, as far as TV and movies, stuff like that, would have to be General Grievous. Thanks, and have a sunny day. Howdy, girl. It's RFB. Just put a pause on my Star Wars podcast playlist listening on this here Sunday afternoon. They see you got a post up in the Star Wars Twitterverse asking what's your favorite cybernetics in Star Wars in that galaxy far, far away. Well, for me, I know a lot of our friends and other folks don't favor this much, but I find this kind of fascinating to me is... The mods that we were introduced to in the Book of Boba Fett. Also got a some hard eyes on that little girl Drash. Just got a thing for brunettes. Um, to me, that would be the galaxy far, far away's version of what folks in our modern day world kind of do with tattoos and piercings and such. That would be that in the galaxy far, far away. Folks and kids, well, we even saw it served uh, a purpose in saving Fennec Shan's life. But to want to go out and purposely modify different parts of one's body, whether it be eyes or Josh's elbow, uh, we see that one feller had something going on with his ankle when he was on his uh, space Vespa. 
Yeah, I just think the mods are neat. That's me. Because there's, there's never all anyone, everybody's all in one camp. And I've heard a few over the past years, or years I listening, some folks kind of like it too. But that's what I got. And looking forward to hearing what other friends are going to send you. Drop that in my playlist. I'll take you to work with me. So until next, bro, and other listener friends like me, may the force be with you. See you on the radio. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Thank you very much for those messages. We uh, we, we want to say thank you to all our patrons. Uh, they, you guys help us keep the lights on out over here. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, let's have a little fun with this segment. Out of all the Star Wars cybernetics, and uh, we've already talked about a lot. We've got uh, a couple more to, to, to mention. Which one seemed the most cool or most fun to have? Hmm. Well, um, I, gosh, I gotta stick with Go Go Gadget legs because then I always have the high ground. <laughs> you said Star Wars, <laughs> but I, you high know what? Ground. I, high ground. I, you know, I understand. How about how about like talon-footed mall legs? There you go. Oh yes. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yes. Right. Then it's Star Wars. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. <laughs> Mr. Raincloud. <laughs> uh, I would go with um, with uh, Clone Commander Wolf Cybernetic Eye that he lost in that battle against Aura Sig, mm, and uh, yeah. he got a he got a replacement there, which would be kind of cool. So, yeah. Speaking speaking of Aura Sing, what is that little antenna coming out of her head? Is she That's is she Wi Fi enabled? Eye. Oh, yes. Yes, she is. Um, I'd like to think that if Charles got the cybernetic eye, it looked more like Mad-Eye Moody from Harry Potter. (laughs) No, I think uh, the Wi-Fi, I think, is – I think Saw Gerrera's, like, exoskeleton has, like, its own Wi-Fi and a VPN setup, probably. Yeah, (laughs) exactly, exactly. Um, I wanted to ask uh, Pat a specific question. Oh, Um, boy. So, in the medical field, what has been, in your opinion, the best use of science fiction-type medical items in use today? And a quick follow-up question, based on Star Wars or or other sci-fi stuff we see, what would be something that would be really cool and welcomed in the medical field that we don't have? All right. So, yeah. So obviously I, I'm in the medical field or you wouldn't be asking me this. Um, so <laughs> I work on pewters. Um, no, uh, you know, the limbs are a game changer. They right. really are. I mean, like that's, I know we've, we've talked about that, but um like those things are incredible. Uh, I work in cardiac care, so like pacemaker defibrillators are huge and literally keep people alive. So I mean that kind of stuff is really commonplace at this point. But like you said earlier, it it wasn't always that way. Sure. So you know these things come around and it's like mm, you know it's I, I don't know. But then uh, you know as they're utilized and shown to be effective it's like wow you know these things these things are 
absolute game changers. And um, so I, th- I think those two are probably the um, the the best use thus far. Uh, but man, like look at Vader and Grievous. Right. Okay, you've got these these organic beings that would have absolutely died. And then you look at, at the advancements that were done for them, and then you can look at the applications of that, like, like you know, soldiers in the military that, right. that would die. And if you've got this sort of tech, even, even to the point of like back to tanks, where you've got oh, something that can, that can stabilize them short term until we can fix them, then, I mean, that's, that's a huge advantage. Sure. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I totally forgot about back to tank uh, technology and, and what they do in Star Wars. I think, uh, you know, the ability to, like you said, to, to, to stabilize or, or heal, you know, at least from a, I don't know, from a first aid perspective um, in the real world, I think uh, would uh, would really do wonders. Um, yeah, that's a great observation. And, you, you know, you mentioned limbs and prosthetics. Uh, you know, obviously, I think uh, Danny over at Comics and Cosmetics uh, had just started a project, uh, a journey with, uh, with um, you know, award-winning makeup artist uh, Brian Seip. And uh, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, look look up uh, Comics and Cosmetics. She is uh, one of our um, patrons here. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, talking about artificial limbs, uh, I think, uh, you know, Brian is building a um, – a uh, prosthetic leg for Danny, which, uh, you know, she's on an, on this uh, really, uh, you know, long journey, um, you know, because I think she's, you know, she's been afflicted with with uh, not having her her um, legs since she was a little kid. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, we throw around the term um, game changer. But it really is, you know, this type of technology really, really is game changing for a lot of people that that uh, that need it. Um, and that are affected by, uh, you know, whatever the uh, the shortfall, the shortcoming is. Hey, look, I work in the medical field too. It's in marketing, so nobody cares. But I would say <laughs> that I would be all over carbon freezing and the uh, and the uh, and the sickness that comes with it. You know, the hibernation sickness for like between twelve and three when I get really tired. I'd be okay with a little bit of blindness until I go home, just to, uh, to kill a couple hours. That'd be kind of cool. Kill the kill the kill the hours. You know what's funny because uh, you know the, uh, carbon freezing. I mean, you're um, you're talking about almost like cryogenics, and yep. I know there have been some documentaries and things like that where the question is posed: um, if you found out that a loved one had cancer, um, would you want to cryogenically freeze them? Um, and basically stop them from aging until technology catches up to cure this cancer and then bring them back. Is that something that, you, you know, people are willing to do? And it's an interesting, you know, topic. Um, it's a obviously a, a topic that is surrounded by a lot of controversy and a lot of um, ethical um, questions, uh, you know, uh, regarding that. But, you know, I, I think um, – you know, my father, uh, my father died of brain cancer. And I think it's, uh, you know, for folks that have, you know, direct, you know, and I think everybody has a little bit of a direct, um, experience with, with cancer per se. Um, 
but it's uh, you know it's an interesting question to to pose at least at least as a what if yeah or yeah. choice right like it, that choice is there you know would you want to do it or have i lived my life and enjoyed it but yeah it's a very right. it's a very uh it's a very personal one that's very true yeah, absolutely. Um, so anything that has been added to a human body to enhance its performance can be classified as some sort of cybernetic enhancement. I wanted to talk briefly. Um, lately, we've been seeing a lot of characters with glasses on in Star Wars, helping them to see better, like like in the real world. Uh, the only Lucas era character who wore glasses was Wilfred Brumley. Not talking about diabetes. <laughs> Um, character. <laughs> Although that may have Although affected may have, right, right, right. Uh, you know, um, in in the <laughs> in the Ewok movies, uh, the character uh, Noah Brickalon. If I'm probably not pronouncing wow. it right, um, he uh, he was the only character in Star Wars uh, at the time that was wearing glasses. But uh, until recently, uh, a lot of the uh, Star Wars characters we have started to see um, have glasses, and um, I find that interesting. We uh, started to get a slow stream of characters like Doctor Pershing uh, mm -hmm. in uh, in some of the newer shows, and obviously, you know, you, we got Ma Maz Kanata. Um, mm -hmm. I mentioned I, I mentioned in the notes someone named LT31, who was a uh, Lobot type uh, officer, who had kind of the same technology. Um, but who else? Uh, oh, some of the clones. You've got Echo. And yeah. Um, and tech. 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 Right. True, yeah. Tech. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I wanted to ask you guys, uh, there's a quote from George Lucas when he was asked about glasses in Star Wars. He says, glasses don't exist in space. And um, there Apparently is... Apparently needed uh, a thunderwear, but... Right, exactly. Um, that, that was my follow-up question. There there was a, uh, a scene in Revenge of the Sith where uh, a character named uh, Janu Godal um, was played by... Uh, Pablo Hidalgo and Pablo wears glasses. George Lucas wanted him to take the glasses off and pretty much forced Pablo to wear uh, contacts instead of glasses because he says glasses don't ex exist in space. Um, what are your takes on Lucas's directive about glasses in outer space and underwear? You can answer the, the underwear later, but really glasses. What do you All right. think? So really, <laughs> it depends on your insurance plan. Okay? <laughs> because, listen, I, you know, nobody wants to be bumbling around blind as a gun dark, okay? But, but if, if you don't have the credits to be getting like ocular implants and stuff – but what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Exactly. And not everybody can afford the – not the PPO, but not everyone can afford the PPP, Palpatine's prescription plans. Exactly. Exactly. So so you really need to go through your local Otogunga insurance agent to, to really nail that down. There you go. Absolutely. Uh -huh. I mean glasses. What's next? Bricks and screws. I mean, I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. I, mean, I would like to to uh, to submit that I totally believe that Wilford Brimley's mustache and beard were cybernetic enhancements. <laughs> it, oh wait, wait, that was Jack Black in Mando season three. Never mind. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh. <laughs> 
Yeah, but um, you know, absolutely <laughs> fun stuff. Um, any other honorable mentions? You guys talk about uh, cybernetics in Star Wars and uh, enhancing, uh, you know, character abilities. Anybody you want to shout out? Um, any characters that you want to shout out? Cad Bane. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, my buddy, okay. my buddy, Cad Bane. Yes, because he's got those uh, air breathers there on. Uh, on his face to allow him to uh, continue to breathe. Yeah, so that uh, and he's an ultra ultra cool character. So well, well if we're, we're talking, talking about ultra cool characters that need oh, assistance no. with oh, breathing. No. Oh no! Okay. Oh shit! Well, I mean, I, whoops. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, I think we need to include Plo Koon. Yes. There you go. There you go. How, how could you forget? I, I clearly you could. And if we're going to include people who need breathing apparatuses and uh, are cool looking, then we have to include our friend Gecko, Dominic Pace. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. There was uh, I was, while I was doing some uh, a little bit of research, I was um, I, I stumbled upon um, a group of uh, cybernetically enhanced Imperial officers. Um, which I, I, oh yeah, yeah. there was one in the, um, in the, uh, the Canaan and, um, Hera book, New Dawn. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. He was like, he was almost like, what is that? It's like spider guy from Clone Wars. Oh, um, oh, the guy who sent the clones into, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Oh yeah. 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 The spider guy. guy. Right. Right. And he had like the half cybernetic face. He looked Uh like the Terminator with his eye. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was similar to that guy. Um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But there was uh, several that were, uh, modified to some degree. Very nice. Very nice. Excellent guys. Uh, cybernetics and star Wars. We, uh, figured out, uh, where our land, a line of the sand would be as far as, uh, adding implants, implants into our own bodies. Um, so that was very interesting. And, uh, we, uh, made sure that, uh, we told people about the, uh, Palpatine's medical plan. So that was a lot of fun. I think we have a new commercial to do, by the way. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And if you, it's, ex- it's a division of Imperial life. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Real direct and right. if you ex- exclude me, I will be upset. <laughs> <laughs> Dear editor. Um, oh boy. I'll be right in yes. Guys, thank you so <laughs> thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Scare Scuttlebutt Podcast, episode 160, I think it is. Um, I will edit myself out if it's not, but that's okay. <laughs> But uh, cybernetics and Star Wars, Pat and Charles from the Conversations podcast. Uh, why don't you tell folks where people can find you to say hello there? Oh well, oh. <laughs> now that you mention it, we are on our flagship, conversations.com, facebook.com/slash/conversations. We're at Twitter at Swations, Instagram Conversations. I can do this all night. Um, <laughs> We have an Etsy shop, commerce situations, commerce like money. See, we did um, that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very good. Um, we have a link.tree slash conversations. And also, as always, since we are proud founding members of the Red 5 podcast network, bio.link slash Red 5. 
Excellent, my friends. Charles, what do you guys have coming up in the future for Conversations? Well, we uh, just dropped, depending on uh, yesterday or a week from uh, yesterday, um, our Warwick Davis appreciation episode uh, where that uh, came out. And uh, we've got quite a few things um, surrounding Ewoks and Warwick and maybe some some movie tie-ins. I don't know, maybe a T-shirt. Who knows? We'll see in the next couple of days. Keep your eye on our I social. guess you'll have to check out Conversations. Exactly. Uh, we have something big coming out very shortly that uh, ties in with uh, our uh, favorite Ewok and uh, uh, a current popular movie. So, uh, And actually, we would have to credit Tom at the Hyperion Adventures podcast with the quick inception of is that. Is that his fault? Yeah, it is his fault. It is his fault. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. So, uh, so we'll have to do that one. But uh, yeah, so uh, John, uh, sorry, oh, almost said it, almost said it. Um, yeah, uh, uh, so we've got um, uh, Warwick Davis, our appreciation show for that. We've got some other uh-huh. great topics coming up as well. We are uh-huh. going to the Florida Supercon this coming weekend, oh. July 1st. And we hope to meet one of the great ambassadors and, you know, our personal friend until he says otherwise, uh, James Arnold Taylor. Uh, so hopefully we'll have some uh, some cool stuff with him as well. So we've got... Uh, We've got some exciting stuff coming on the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Uh, Looking forward to that. Always sounds like fun. And it's always fun listening to you guys uh, chat on your show. It's uh, it's been fantastic. Thank you very much. And we love your show as well. Excellent, my friends. Pat, we have not stopped recording. So, well, I guess since this is a cybernetics episode, um, do I have permission to say that's the scuttlebutt? There you go, folks. Thank you so much, Pat. Perfect, perfect. Oh my god, do I have Uh uh of course? Oh boy. (laughs) Sir Scuttlebutt. Yes. Oh, I see. So just got the butt. <laughs> That's the joke. Um, so you guys know about penile implants, right? <laughs> oh, we're still recording. Whoops. listener just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the red five network family red five network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love so the next time you're itching for quality content make sure you head over to red five network.com you'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more all wings report in it's the red five network <laughs>